Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. This is, of course, Sunny, and I am here hosting with our our local avian friend, Giant Skyhawk. What's up, dude? <laughs> Not too much. Been a hot minute, but happy to be back. Uh, currently, uh, just just finished uh, flying over top of Lake Superior, and I've come uh, back home to roost in Alberta for the winter. Uh, doing all right. <laughs> Unlike most birds, the giant skyhawk actually flies north for the winter. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, this uh, this bird just uh, went to go get a block eater installed because of cold snaps. So, uh, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd definitely fly north. Responsibility. All righty. Yeah, yeah, we're not here to talk about responsibilities. We're here to talk about Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, so of course, I do want to uh, note the obvious. Caleb is not here today. Caleb has, on top of the COVID that we mentioned in the previous episode, he also had um, a pretty critical family matter come up at the last minute. So Caleb's not here, but that's okay. Um, if you want to wish him the best, you can find him in the Discord server. Uh, Maybe leave him alone for a few days and let him chill out. But, you know, uh, kind words never hurt. So um, we are going to talk about the Remote Dual YCS. We are going to talk about uh, the NA and the Latin America one. We'll cover the EU one. Hopefully on Tuesday's episode, we should have full results by then. And we should also have the final results of this past the the remote to YCS before the last NAYCS because the top 16 is actually not even playing out until this coming weekend. Mm. So we'll have a lot of results and a lot of coverage going into that. But in the meantime, we are going to talk about this uh, 
Latin America and North American YCS that we had this weekend, as well as the very sudden and unexpected release of Master Duel out of yes, nowhere. <laughs> they were just like, yeah. everybody was like, okay, ban list, ban list, ban list. We know the ban list is going to happen. And instead, they did this. <laughs> right. I don't think anybody saw this coming. Yeah, no, I don't think there was anybody that thought that we were going to get Master Duel before the ban list. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody would have thought. That's Yeah. I mean, it did, if you put that one on the bingo card, congratulations. My my theory was same day, and I thought that was a little outlandish, but I was wrong. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So you were wrong the exact opposite way. Exactly. Yep. So, well, let's, of course, before we get too far into this, take a quick moment to, of course, thank all of our wonderful, wonderful patrons who continue to support the podcast. So... A huge thank you, of course, to Austin Johnson, Kane Martin, Master of Isa, Mr. Herbie, Scuzz Daddy, Witchcrafter Main 2022, AD, Aaron Gardner, Anthony Leela, Damian Zink, <gasps> breath, Dank Nugs, Dino DNA, Mountain Man, Myth Oceanus, Owen Alvarado, Pig, Jeremy Drysdale, Ray Powell, and Sonny Sweet. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast. And if you are looking to support the podcast yourself, you can find the patron link in the description down below. It's probably in our link tree, actually. And if you want to support the podcast at no extra cost to you, we do now have a TCG player affiliate link. So if you're going in to buy all of those beautiful starlights and ultis that we all know and love, or even if you're going in to buy the cheap common decks for old formats, it doesn't matter. Just click that link before you shop and it will cost you nothing extra to support the podcast. Um, only other things I've got left to plug are be sure to check out our Discord and our Twitter both linked in the link tree down below at Top Cut Podcast on Twitter. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I think that's it. I, I will say, uh, for those of you considering uh, supporting the wonderful uh, Patreon that the Top Cut Podcast has, uh, if you do sign up, I think we should all name ourselves Dino DNA. And then over the next month, we can we can take over the Patreon name slots. And they will have to read Dino DNA like five or six times an episode. And I think that's a worthy cause. So you All you got to do is join the $1 tier to get your yeah. name read out on the podcast. That's yeah. it. And uh, yeah, so uh, if anybody was thinking about it, uh, maybe join in this week and, and we can make them read Dino DNA as many times as we want. That's it. We have tiers starting as low as $1. You get your name right off of the podcast. And it's your personal opportunity to torture me. Exactly. Uh, there, and I think and, that's a worthy cause. Yeah, I, I don't know what if that if that doesn't convince you to join, I I don't know what is. <laughs> so, um, but no, thank you all so much for your support. I, it means the world to us, and it literally keeps us running. Um, be on the lookout here at the start of season four, which is going to be as the first episode after the new ban list takes effect. Will be the start of season four. We have <laughs> whenever that is. Yeah, whenever that is. We have a bunch of huge things coming. We're going to be changing um, a lot of stuff. Uh, you may not, when you click on the podcast, you may see some different album art. Don't be alarmed. It's still us. But, uh, you know, just be on the lookout. And, of course, also, we do have the playmat coming. I don't want anybody to forget about that. So, now, with all of that done and out of the way... 
Let's go ahead and talk about the Remote Duel YCS. Oh, and we did get a couple of new cards, but we're going to go ahead and cover them in the next episode. So <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot to cover in this one, so that makes good sense. Yeah, so um, let's start with the Remote Duel YCS. We do have two of them. We don't have hardly any information on the Latin America one. Like we have standings and we have names, but we don't have like deck breakdowns and top 32 breakdowns like we do for the north american one so i'm just gonna say congrats to carlos sepulveda 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 yeah sepulveda from chile for winning the latin america remote dual ycs uh he played invoke dogmatica shadal hero so out of 1783 duelist he came home with the trophy so um invoke shadal dogmatica with a dpe package i think we all knew that that was a good deck going into this so I don't think there's a ton of surprise there, but it is notable still, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's kind of sat itself pretty solidly as deck number three or deck number four to go into any event with. Uh, it's probably one of the more consistent lists you can play. You've, you've got so many just one card opens and uh, that many one card opens make going second game one pretty good even against a lot of decks that set up pretty insane boards if you activate magical meltdown and a dear servant and and uh and dogmatica fleur de lis and they all get negated and you slap down a fusion destiny chances are you got a shot so yeah. uh i think it, it doesn't it i think seeing it go all the way definitely gives it like a little more staying power i think people see invoked as something that people just play at the start of formats and then it like peters off just because oh it's the, the start of a format things are new this is consistent and good and the game plan is solid but uh be, the fact that it can go all the way at an event uh means that this is one of those times where it's here to stay rather than just an afterthought midway through yeah i agree um and we're going to talk a little bit about how this these events are going to impact potentially the ban list you know maybe konami's waiting for results of this event and the european ycs to really announce the ban list mm -hmm. and finalize it you know but um but i think that when you look at a deck like this winning the event i mean come on this is not this is not a one-trick pony deck this is not a deck that's going to constantly bubble out i mean that this is like this is a real deck yeah. you know Something, this is something's gotta get dinged Some, yeah i don't know what but something even just a tap but it's some something's gonna happen yeah something's gotta give somewhere so um moving on to the north american remote dual ycs congratulations to kamal crooks valdez for winning the event he was playing Lyrlish tri brigade or bird up as a lot of people like to call it um he beat walter jewel in the finals who was playing sword soul tenyi so we do have a total breakdown of the event we had it says roughly 2000 but i happen to know that it was 2063 players that totally registered um I was in the event. I played myself. I went, I was two, one through three rounds, but three rounds took over six hours because of delays. So I dropped. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the usual story. That's even pretty egregious for uh, that. Yeah. There was, there was a two, two and a half hour break between rounds one and two. It was bad. So, um, but after 2063 went into round one 1732 came out of round two over 300 players dropped before round two 
And it says that there were 1732 present in round two. I think that's kind of a, I think that's kind of an overshoot. I think that, generous, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think by round three, it was probably around 1400. Uh, I mean, just being in the event and seeing the people dropping after round one, I mean, from our yeah. server, I think 450. <laughs> Yeah, I think 450 people were in our server at the beginning of the event, or maybe closer to 500 even. And by the end of round, by the end, of, by the start of round two, we only had like 120 tables, 130, which sounds like a lot. But when you go from 220, you know, it it was a lot of drops. I mean, a lot people's i think uh, i mean the people's frustration with the remote dual format uh, isn't exactly a secret uh it's 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 been kind of bubbling for a while and i, I think it's it's good that they did it and especially with uh, um with the in-person events being canceled it's it's good that it still exists but i, I think it's clear that people have kind of lost patience for the the extra long time yeah and for a lot of them it's not worth sitting around like if you're in person it's worth sitting around because you can you can talk to people and make trades and do other yeah. stuff between rounds go look at vendors every everything else while stuff is while stuff is moving and i think yeah. that definitely helps it's not like the delays are unsurprising because irl events also have them but when it's in an environment where like you can't just drop and go to an side event uh, unless you want to drop from the whole event and you can't go look at vendors it's just like scrolling on your phone or hopping in a discord chat with different people yeah um, i mean i was literally playing minecraft thing. between rounds yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> probably <laughs> probably make a little more progress there for sure yeah so but. so let's talk a little bit about the top 32 breakdown so like i said Lyrless Trivergade won the event so it's all 10 you got second i think that everybody kind of pinned that those were decks one and two heading into the event yep. but if you look at the top 32 breakdown it's actually really diverse you had eight different decks top 32 and um so you have 10 you sword soul representing 11 of top 32 which is quite a lot you have Lyrilus tri brigade representing seven of top 32 so just those two decks you have 18 of your top 32 which is i don't know yeah something like that like nine sixteenths right whatever okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey listen my mom was a math right. teacher i like to simplify yeah. my fractions okay you got it <laughs> next was b trooper dpe had two of the top 32 so there are there were two b trooper decks they were both running dpe and if you look at it one even made it to top four and got third overall yeah so i do want to also make the point um so herman hansen uh who famous for getting second at the uh, I believe the EU, the previous EU one, right. with, uh, with this deck, uh, does it again in top 32. But Herman Hansen was not the person who got top four. The person who got top four was Andrew Hadfield, and they right. went, they went undefeated in Swiss. They were first after Swiss with ten wins and one draw. Yep, that's nuts. And to me, I think that proves that this is a real deck and not just like a one trick one pony thing this is someone other than the person who popularized the build uh taking it to a top four at a let's be generous and call it a 1700 person event uh, right it's a real deck it's not a meme uh 
people probably have to take it seriously, even if it's only showing, because I, I can't imagine this was represented very high. So the conversion rate on this at two people on top 32 is ridiculous. Yeah, um, I have to agree with you there. Plus, when you think about it and I mean, this this deck doesn't have legs. This deck has wings. I mean, this deck can go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's got uh, it, it's really well suited to a, a diverse format, I think. Uh, obviously, yeah. DPE is great as a backup plan, but um, it, it, B Trooper is a deck that can access its boards are not very oppressive or powerful, but they are very sticky and very tricky and the recovery is good. Uh, yeah, you have different types of disruption. Uh, for example, like you've got uh, builds playing Sting the Poison. Uh, that that's a disrupt Cicada King. Um, cards and then obviously the DPE and, uh, pop and Sting Lancer to dig stuff out of the graveyard, which is actually pretty important for some Sword Solar Lyrilisk setups to have stuff in the graveyard to work with. To right, right. You you can steal options. Y'all better learn what Sting Lancer does because it's it's here to stay. Yeah, it's a, it's a real card. Um, and the core is really cheap, to be honest with you. Outside of the DPE package, which I think is pretty... I think you have to play DPE, but outside of that, I mean, the core, the whole deck, you can pick it up for like 50 bucks, 40 bucks. It's really cheap. So, I mean, with, with it being a cheap deck, you can expect to see quite a few of them, especially at like the locals level and stuff, people trying it out and getting, feel, getting a feel for it, you know? Um, next, you have four Sky Striker in top 32. So this is one eighth of top 32 is Sky Striker. Um, didn't convert super well into top into the like through that. You had three in top 16. None made it to top eight. So um, Sky Striker, obviously, with the release of Engage on the last ban list, is proving that it is not, you know, not an easy deck to just out like out of. I mean, you know, it's a real deck. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I, it doesn't list it in this chart, but I'm think they were all playing dpe there might have been one that wasn't but uh dpe has given striker uh access to a type of disruption they didn't have before which is that uh, destruction because before they would have to like tech and stuff like torrential and gum up slots but um Stry striker is also a deck that makes really crazy good use of the celestial draws afterwards because you can just build on your advantage so easily uh, striker, you just gotta live a turn, and it's also a pretty reasonable blind second deck in a format where the, like the top two decks both really want to go first. Right. Uh, having a main deck that can do pretty well going second game one and being able to just straight up side into a blind second list is is really good. No yeah, surprise yeah. that it's um, the third most represented deck in top cut, but not converting further is interesting. All three of them crashing in top sixteen is, is kind of fun. Well, you know, all those towards all, all of those towards Tenue lists are maining IO. So I, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, and okay. all the tribe never lists are maining IO. So and, yeah, and, and, and probably B Trooper too. If I'm being honest with you, in fact, most of the top cut is probably running IO. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure Herman was maining it at least. Yeah. So. Next, you have Tri-Brigade Zodiac with DPE, and this is two of the top 32. Um, I, I tell you what, I'm going to rattle off the last four also. Or I'm sorry, I, thought, I said eight different decks. It's nine different decks in top cut. Um, next, you have Cybers Eldritch DPE. Then you have three Invoke Dogmatica, two that run ran DPE, one ran Dragoon, one Drytron DPE, and one Sword Soul Virtual World. So... Um, we can go deck by deck. We can talk about Tri-Brigade Zodiac, which I think yeah. is really interesting that this deck is still topping. Um, I personally have faith that this deck still has legs. Um, it, 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 two slots at top 32. <laughs> Clearly it does. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I topped... 
And like you said, when you think about it, the conversion rate on this is probably really, really good because most Tri-Brigade decks are just running Lyralisk packages now. But the difference in Tri-Brigade Zodiac versus Tri-Brigade Lyralisk is that Tri-Brigade Lyralisk is more of a full go all the way in combo deck where you're trying to like build a board turn zero that your opponent can't out. Whereas if you look at the Tri-Brigade Zodiac deck, it's way more mid-rangey. It's more, okay, well, you know, I'll build a Zeus. Okay, well, the Zeus doesn't, you know, if I don't want to do Zeus, I can go Shureg Control, basically, where I use my Shureg to break your board, go into an access code, things like that. Or turn zero, I can go into Opelousa or I can use my Zodiac lines to get my combo started. And if I had to guess, they're probably running Rescue Cats also. Yeah. So when you look at the difference, the Lyraless Tri-Brigade deck is much more honed in on that one combo line and that one combo path, which can still be a good combo line. Don't get me wrong. It can still be a good combo deck, even if through multiple interruptions. But I think that it is a little bit more bottlenecked into the combo lines that it has whereas the end board is so much more oppressive that there's not really a need to have all these branching combo paths and all these different ways you can go whereas if you look at if you look at the tribrigade zodiac dpe deck it doesn't have that one specific end board that it's looking for it doesn't have that one specific combo that it's looking to do you know you might go from an end board you know one one duel your end board might be you know dpe with a revolt you know your next end board might be a three negate opelousa revolt your next end board might be dpe opelousa it just depends on the kind of the style you're going for i know that a lot of these decks when they go into these what they're doing with to get the revolt dpe is They'll go their full combo, and then at the end, instead of linking off the Fergeet, the Fractal, and the Bear Brum to make a 3-mat Opelousa, they'll link the Bear Brum and the uh, Fergeet off into a... Um, what are they doing there? Uh, so they're using, for, for the DPE combos, they're actually, they're using DPE to pop that's right. Bear Brum. That's right, that's right. Uh, so they use their other monster and Fergeet to make the verte use verte make dpe and then use dpe to pop bear brum at the end that's right mm -hmm. yeah yeah uh, so and I then also having the zeus to make a, a zeus is i mean that can't be understated you can get your full combo going or it can be a board breaking tool with zeus so uh one one big thing too uh it just you have more room for non-engine cards um, yeah so their list tribe brigade deck can play like a hand trap and a board breaker uh, but you you can uh, shove all manner of staples into the Trizu DPE deck. Yes, absolutely. You can be running Imperm Strikes, Ash. You know, if you're on Master Duel, you can run Max C. You know, whatever you want to do. <laughs> and what uh, the other thing too, uh, especially with Lyrilus Tribrigade being like either the number being basically the number two deck, or arguably number one, uh, at least in terms of power level, depending on how you want to shimmy around the format so it's a difficult discussion i think but uh people are no longer prepared for revolt uh there this tri brigade doesn't right. play back row aside from harpy's Featherstorm if they side into it uh and oath is isn't something that sits back there uh yeah tiny sword soul has has like the searchable back row but a lot of people still aren't meaning the removal so uh when people aren't prepared for your setup anymore is pretty good and also i think the dpe bear Brum thing is a it's it, i mean obviously people are bored of like 
Okay, it's uh, Sarah Volt, Double Dragon Lords. But um, I think I actually think DPE Pop Bear Broom is, is such a creative way to get around the restriction of, of both Verte and the Link Summoning. Um, right. With, with the materials restriction. I think that is a, a really, really cool innovation. So we will see what the ban list has in store for Project Aid. Um, yeah. I, I suspect I... there's a target on the back. But, um, yeah, I agree. We don't know what. Yep. Um, the Invoke Dogmatica deck, this obviously should all invoke Dogmatica, um, or did, as MBT has been calling it, which is Dogmatica Invoke DPE should all. But um, this deck is very clearly a powerhouse. Like we said, it even if you know, three made top 32, zero converted to top 16, which is interesting. But I think that it's still very interesting that this deck is capable of winning the room, the, you know, the Latin America YCS, and it does represent a fair amount of the top 32 here. Three of that top 32 doesn't sound like a ton, but when you think about it versus other decks which only have one or two, I mean, it's the fourth highest topping deck here. So, um, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, and usually it usually it falls off, right? Like, even the last two formats, it was there at the beginning and it fell off, but it has not fallen off. DPE has given this deck an actual big backup plan extra follow-up i mean it does that for every deck but especially for this and also yeah. being able to take advantage of magical meltdown uh, in a way that a lot of other decks do is really big again it's right. got a lot of room for non-engine slots which are, are what help you tear apart stuff like tiny sword soul now this tribegate so right that's right i will say the one dragoon is interesting uh, it seems like in the over the last few events uh somebody playing dragoon has snuck into top cut um like I know one of the I think one of the Drytron lists from a remote event ages ago was playing it that got top thirty two. And, and yeah. there was a previous there was another one where somebody popped Dragoon in a list and it went and then somebody's playing Dragoon over DPE. I, I think it's the same concept of people are as the Tri Zodiac DPE deck where people are like, hmm, people are not prepared for Dragoon anymore. Everybody is uh playing, assuming that they're going to have to play around a pop instead of an omni negate and a towers. Right. Uh, and while the engine certainly has its problems, uh, being that like it's just straight up brickier and it has less advantages than being able to play three of, of Fusion Destiny, if your format call is, uh, well, not playing three of the Fusion spell means I have two more non-engine slots and the people aren't prepared for Dragoon and I can go second a little better because the one thing Dragoon does better than DPE uh, is, is go second. Uh, yeah. The burn damage is huge. Oh, uh, yeah, it's crazy. It, it can just end games on its own. So if they're thinking, I think it's a good format call. I think not every deck should be doing it, and you have to build your list around it, and you have to accept that there are going to be problems. But if, if it seems to be working for a few individual people, I think we might, depending on what the list has in store for the DPE package, we, we might see a bit of a resurgence. But honestly, who knows? Brave Token is going to be a weird time. Yeah, I agree. Drytron DPE. Um, it's interesting that only one of these made top cut. Uh, Drytron's still a very good deck, and the DPE package is still very good, you know? Yeah, and uh, I do think it's interesting that every single Drytron list you see, top events, is radically different from the other one. Um, I, I can remember at the, the previous remote event, like all three of the Drytron lists that made top 32 were totally different from each other. Uh, there was one that was even like siding Ava and not playing the orange lights. Uh, and it was right. just DPE Scythe Turbo, um, focusing more on the big ritual guys. Uh, there was one playing Dragoon, another one, like a more standard setup. 
uh, it seems nobody has really decided what the best way how to do this is, but it seems like DBE is kind of uh, people are shifting towards that. So uh, yeah, you have to you got to respect the matchup. Uh, I think people aren't respecting it to the point where the cycle readers are in the side deck, but you better have your the you have to have hand traps. That's the the problem with Drytron existing is the board breakers still won't do it. You've got to have the you've got to right. have hand traps to to handle that. And I think that even though its presence is quite small, it has a large effect on the format just just uh, on virtue of existing and people thinking they have to respect it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that the deck is really not as respected right now as it probably should be, and a lot of people aren't really expecting it going into a lot of these events, but mm. the deck is still very good. I mean, this this is an incredibly diverse format where you have to really be prepared for a lot of different things. Um, and normally I would say like diversity is a great thing, but I don't think it is in this format. I think this format's really bad right now. So I think it started that way. Uh, it, it is, I think MBT summed it up the best. Um, this is a meta conversation, but uh, this format, this past format rather, has been a, a format of incredible diversity with a lot of interesting decks, but they are not doing very interesting things. Uh, yes. There's a lot of Scythelock, Phoenix Enforcer, Imperial Order. Uh, the, the main problem is that there are a lot of just at Winda, Schism, a lot of just uh, a lot of Demand. cool decks, but a lot of very unfair and silly win conditions. So I hope right. that the upcoming ban list addresses the crappy win conditions, and then we might actually get to enjoy the diversity of the format. But we'll see. Yeah, I agree. Um, the next, the other two decks that topped here, they were only topping. There were one ofs, but um, you have Cybers Eldritch DPE, which, if I'm not mistaken, uh, we talked about this a little bit before the show. Um, mm -hmm. If I'm not mistaken, this, like you said, is a deck that's very centered around using your Cybers package to make uh basically it's a one card dpe plus scythe and so you can like it's like scythe lock turbo but you also have an eldritch package to back it up yeah i don't think it was zohair Khan that was this list but they topped they've topped a couple of like smaller regional events with it uh and the package yeah. is in popularity it's three Cynet mining three cybers gadget the idea being cybers gadget is a one card um scythe lock plus dpe that also does like a fair shit it cycles a card out of your hand so you can like put back an Eldritch engine piece you don't want or, or like a duplicate of something and try to snag something else off the top and else it and uh, like if it resolves it, it's just extreme value and if it doesn't I, you ate a hand trap and you set four so yeah exactly legit. and the other deck is sword soul virtual world this has like been creeping into the format a little bit and i think this is really funny the Part of it, I think, is I've seen, I've had, uh, when I was playing in person a little while back, there are a couple people at my locals who've been doing this. Um, you can fake so many people out with this. Like, you normal yeah. summon a Taya, uh, or, or, or not a Taya, uh, normal summon like a Moe and reveal something, and, and, and people will go like, oh, I better imperm this, and then you activate Chingla and reveal Lulu. Uh, yeah. And, and you go to town. Um or like you can side out of the package, you can side into the package. Uh, it's well, it's really it's a virtual world deck with a sword soul package. Yes, yeah, it's just got it. You most are only playing like uh, maybe one or two emergence and one each of of names, right? But it gives you it, you maybe sacrifice a little bit of overall consistency, but you get X. Like virtual world is already a toolboxy deck. Even sword soul is a toolboxy deck. Uh, this just expands the toolbox. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. Yeah. And really, when you think about it, you can go um, emergence, grab tie A, normal summon tie A, activate effect, banish emergence, emergence effect to make tie A level five, and then synchro nine, make a Shen Shen, and then do your full virtual world combo off the Shen Shen. Exactly. Or access a level eight synchro with, before you do your other plays, which VW can't do otherwise. Right. Uh, so, so, so if you want to, to have those tools available to you, you can, uh, and I think it's potentially cool you can make, potentially you can make a bear in here too. Exactly. Yeah. You can, you can, uh, you could make you, if you've got the, uh, the long, the long one, uh, <laughs> you can set up early negation, which this deck has not had since the time of calamities. Exactly. So it's an interesting concept. Um, mm -hmm. The only other thing that I want to touch on here is a little bit of diversity amongst the 10 Yi Sword Soul list. So like we said, there was 11 of them, but they weren't all just Sword Soul 10 Yi 40 card go. Um, of these, you have a 60 card list running DPE. So if I had to guess, this is a very 10 Yi heavy deck. So you're probably running three Ashuna, three Vishuda, three Adhara, plus one of the level fours, probably Shatana, plus three Heavenly Dragon Cycle, plus three Vessel of the Heavenly, Vessel of the Dragon's Lords, whatever it's called. Vessel um, of the Dragon Cycle. Yeah. Is it Vessel of the Dragon Cycle? It is Vessel of the Dragon Cycle. That's some uh, Trinity format knowledge for you. All right. So you're probably running three Vessel, three Circle, and the full 10 package. So you're probably running 16 or 17 10 cards. Plus, you have about a 20-card Sword Soul package. Plus, you're running a Verte pack. I mean, uh, yeah, a Verte DPE yeah. package. So that's another five cards in the main deck. Plus, you're running traps and hand traps, if I had to guess. Non-engine stuff, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pile, the pile decks do be piling. And honestly, it's, this is another thing, kind of like the... Um, it, it seems like somebody with like a 60-card Brewer, 47-card list just, just sneaks into a lot of top cuts. Uh, yeah. People... I think in formats like this, people get a little antsy, and so they try stuff. Uh, right. That's my favorite thing is when people go. Uh, it, people like sit. I, I like I've done this before, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it fails miserably. But that's the fun of it, where you sit down and you think, ah, none of this makes any sense. I don't want to do any of this. Screw it. Uh, I'm playing all of it. And <laughs> I mean, there's like the people right. who snuck into top cuts with sixty card Elblich. Um, and this is the same thing to me we got a lot of good cards let's just play all of them mm -hmm. i like it yeah i think it's a cool concept um i don't know if it'll have legs necessarily i don't think it'll be i don't think it'll become a regular thing but i think it's cool um other than that you had one 10 -E sword soul with dpe so this is probably rather than like i don't know if this is pure sword soul with a dpe and they just put it in this 10 -E section uh, but I, I think that is what it is actually uh made most famous uh, notably by um <laughs> hypnocorn vlad hypnocorn who said they were playing Satellar knight <laughs> yep and, uh, and was just playing pure sword soul with yeah. three d shifter and a dpe package three d shifter dpe package three solemn judgment three blackout you gotta love it <laughs> i mean <laughs> dr ycs yeah, exactly. And I've seen yeah. people play it. Like, I think it's clearly not as good as the 10-year version, but it has advantages. You have more non-engine slots. 
I, right. I, I mean, non-engine slots is the buzzword for this episode, I guess. But yeah, uh, it's it's a it is a thing you can do. Uh, boring, uh, but it gets the job done. You got more room to tech out. Yeah. Um, and the last one I want to talk about is there's one ten year sorts old deck that's running a Hauki Fibrax package. Now, I think that this is really, really interesting. I think that this is potentially maybe the next evolution of this deck. I know for a fact that you also had Pack was on this deck with the Hauki Fibrax package, as well as I know Hani has been playing it, and Pack got 33rd at this YCS. He bubbled out, and I think if I've if my sources are correct, Patrick Hoban was also playing this list. So... This is a list that's been labbed by a lot of extremely, I'll say, high-level players that are well-known within the community. And it's interesting to me to see that this is the place that this deck is going. Um, I don't necessarily think that the Hauki Fibrax Aurorodon combo meshes extremely well with the deck. But it gives you an alternate line that you can go into if you have the right cards in your hand. And it forces interaction from your opponent. And you can do it without a normal summon. So you can get to a uh, you can get to a Baron without without your normal summon, or potentially use it with Aurorodon to pop cards, or because I think Aurorodon does also have the pop card effect, like Dragosec did. Yeah, uh, you are speaking to one of the foremost experts on the specific text of Mecha Phantom Beast Aurorodon. Uh, <laughs> I was actually going to ask you what they were doing. Uh, Aurorodon also has some other really interesting niche applications in this deck. Uh, for example, let's say you, obviously the fact that Black Hat can summon tokens is big and you're synchro summoning anyway, so you can do some level manipulation stuff there. Uh, they are playing the Deskbot package. Is that what, is that what it is? is the, they play the one Deskbot 001? Yep, one Deskbot. That's the whole, that's the only other brick yeah, you're playing. Yeah, that's all you need. Uh, I mean, access to a backup line is really good. You can even do it with the Tenyis because uh, for some insane reason, they made Tenny Spirit at Hara a tuner. Uh, and the other yeah. thing you can actually do is let's say you don't want to banish your blackout um, and, and you get a bunch of tokens up uh, and or like a bunch of stuff you don't want to leave. Uh, Aurorodon can clear out your unwanted sword soul token so that you can do other types of summoning. Uh, you contribute three monsters to add a trap card from your graveyard to your hand. So if you really yeah. want access to blackout or an imperm or something, you can clear out a bunch of stuff like some useless tokens you can't make synchros with uh, or, or anything else that's like lost its value and snag back your trap. Um, yeah, I used to do it all the time in Dinosaur to get back Survival's End, uh, or or you would use it in some some really interesting uh, curious combos. But uh, Aurodon has a lot of utility. Uh, I can see why people are doing it. I don't know if it'll stay, but if the ban list hits the ten U portion of the deck, there's no other way to go. Yeah. So let's talk for a minute about how the ban list will relate to the results Ooh. of these YCSs. <laughs> so. Obviously, we don't have a ban list yet, at least at the time of recording this episode. Well, and yeah, well, a weird list. <laughs> we don't have a yeah. Ban list. So we have we are still in the actual paper paper Yu-Gi-Oh game looking for a ban list. We're still looking for it. We're still trying to find it. Um, we've, been, we've looked under every rock. We can't find it anywhere. And it's it's been <laughs> hidden. Nobody nobody knows where it's at. Um, but at this point, we're like four or five days past the no sooner than date, which is the first time this has happened in 
honestly a year it, or two. It's been a long time. It's been a long time since it hasn't been on the data before. Uh, yeah. So it's, it is very interesting. But I think that a lot of this is because of Master Duel. They were much more worried about getting Master Duel out there before they wanted to push Master Duel. And then when Master Duel's been pushed for a week or two, then they can drop the ban list and go back into pushing the regular TCG. It was just like a really quiet. Uh, it'll... Yeah. It's so, so weird. Uh, we can maybe get more into the dynamics between the two of them when we talk about Master Duel. But something is like sitting very strange with me about yeah the the release timing and events and uh the the ban list but uh, we'll, we'll get there i think yeah yeah so i i think if i had to make a new set of ban list predictions because at this point our ban list episode is almost a month old um <laughs> actually i think it might be a month old That's um there, yeah. i think that protos has to go uh io has to go Something in the Scythe package has to go, whether it's Scythe or Dagda or whatever. I think Scythe is the answer there, but mm-hmm. something in that package has to go. And something in the DPE package has to get hit. I don't think it'll be Fusion Destiny because of the ulti coming up. I don't think it'll be DPE because it just came out. I think Verte is the only answer. And honestly, I don't think Verte being banned does a ton. Uh, it does limit future, you know, future card design, which Konami's been pretty obvious that they don't like cards that limit card design hmm. but um, a union carrier yeah uh, exactly uh I, I mean people have also tossed around the suggestion of destiny hero celestial being the ban uh which yeah, i think would be but, very funny but i don't think it actually changes the people that would just switch to plasma like yeah i agree I, I don't think it fixes the issue yeah it just means so. you, you lose less bad <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> When you yep. look at the difference between the DPE engine and the Dragoon engine, the Dragoon engine is, and, and Tatsum's, Tatsum put it best. Uh, he doesn't do that often, but he did this time. Uh, <laughs> Tatsum said that the difference is, or maybe it was Sebto. I might have even been Sebto. I don't know. But they said that The so yeah, it was several months ago at this point. It was right around the release of DPE, but I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. That's why you see DPE having so much higher of a representation, and that's why this card is now a problem. And I understand people saying Celestial might be the hit. Celestial would be funny. Celestial would actually help it, and it would to a point. But I mean, come on, come on. It's yeah. I've seen. Uh, well, I mean, the the stats don't lie. YCS 14 out of 32 decks for playing the DPE package. When you've got that many people playing a generics package, that's not like hand traps or port breakers or anything specific. Seven card package if you include the extra deck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Like when you've got that many people all in on this. uh, It's a problem. It's something something to look at for sure. I mean, there was more DPE represented in Top Cut than Sword Soul. Yep, absolutely. So... uh, Maybe one last thing to touch on. What the hell happened to Phantom Knight? 
Oh my god. Uh, I know. I know. I, I think I would DVE the artifact site setups are so strong, but it's just I'll tell you what happened to Phantom it's Knight. Not here. Artifact Protos turn zero called dark. Oh, Protos. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, you make a good point. It's it, yeah, it, it it has rough it's weird because traditionally Phantom Knight has actually been pretty good at going second. You've got extenders, you can play board breakers and you get a lot of value. Not if you can't summon dark monsters. Course. But not if you can't summon Dark Monsters. And uh, the Lyrilish Tri Brigade board is oppressive enough that if you don't see a board breaker, you can't push through it with your infinite level three monsters. Yep. Um, so uh, it is weird. In theory, the deck should be very good, but it has poor matchups against the two most represented decks. Exactly. And so th- it appears that has completely tanked it. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't even think it'll get hit. I mean, I think you're going to have a full brave PK deck come the end of January. Yeah, probably. I think it'll be like that. Oh, uh, ban list or not. So, yeah, I think that's yeah. enough on the ban list. I, I maybe have one more question for you. What you got on the ban list? Just because I'm, I'm, I'm interested uh, to hear what you think about this. And uh, you should all definitely offer your opinions in the discord. For sure. Uh, we are in a very weird state. When do you think we are getting this ban list? Because <laughs> I have some thoughts. <laughs> do you hear the crickets do you hear the silence <laughs> um the if I, I really do think it'll be next week i really do i think they're gonna wait for the conclusion of the european remote dual ycs that's this weekend they don't have any other ycs's announced or planned they don't have any other they don't have anything planned as far as um as far as major events even vegas is canceled at this point so uh, all the regionals are moving to remote. So with that said, all these major events are now either remote or not happening. And with that said, I think because of that and because of nothing major on the horizon other than the release of Grand Creators and Battle of Chaos, I think that's when you're going to see the mm-hmm. real advent of the, you know, they have to do something. You know what I mean? They, they can't. Master Rule is great, but they can't let the paper format sit in absolute. Um, they can't let it sit in limbo forever. Um, with no with no major events happening for the, I mean the Vegas, they made Vegas a remote to YCS, and with Vegas being remote, it's not happening until the end of February. So six weeks with no major events. Something has to spice the game up. And I understand Grand Creators and I understand Battle of Chaos are going to be there. But even then, those are still a week, two weeks away, three weeks away. Uh, it's got to be it's got to be this week. And especially with the release of Master Duel and the conclusion of this European YCS. I don't think they want to make the announcement of the ban list before the YCS just for the just for there to be, you know, this YCS be in a lame duck format. Um I think that yeah. I think it's got to be after the YCS. I, it'll be so, it. I would like to think it would be Monday, but and it might not take effect until the following week or the middle of the week. But I think it's this coming week. No, I think this is a good segue into the portion of Master Duel. But I'm going to be the clickbait guy today. I have a specific date for you that I okay. think the ban list is going to drop. Uh, I think the ban list is going to drop February 1st. Okay, why February 1st? Uh, the reason for that specific date is because in Master Duel, the current ranked season uh, ah. on January 31st. 
Ah, that so makes sense. There's, there's got to be a reason that they would release Master Duel, but not have it up to date with the TCG card pool. Do you think I that think it would? Do you think that they would make it take effect on the first or release it on the first? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Inclusive or. I, I think it will go into effect immediately uh, or, or like literally like the next day, February the 2nd uh, or, and maybe have it like up in advanced master duel. I have to think that's the thing that like keeps the wave of master duel going as they're like, all right, you guys are here. You got introduced. We're giving you the updated TCG card pool. Here's some new like exclusive packs you can open. Uh, now you can play TCG OCG format. So I am I am putting my my proverb I'm I'm going to be away for a bit but I'm I'm putting my proverbial uh my proverbial dice roll on February 1st. Fair enough. Let's talk there's, a minute about Master Duel. Yeah. We're we're over, we're running over on time. We spent too much time on the current format. Yeah, sorry, sorry. sorry. Um yeah, this, before, this is the more important thing honestly. <laughs> not, yeah, actually it is. Um so before we get too far in, of course, Thank you to our sponsor, ETB Games in Alexandria, Louisiana. We want to thank you for sponsoring the podcast. And of course, everybody, you can find ETB Games in the link down below. ETB Games is our locals. They sponsor the podcast. We go there as often as we can. I was there this week. We go, the, even if it is an hour away for us, uh, it's worth a trip because it's a great place and it's a great drive. It's a great shop. So, um, it is your one-stop shop for all of your nerdy needs. That you can find everything for Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Card Fight, Vanguard, Magic: The Gathering, uh, Digimon, Dragon Ball Z, whatever you need. Sleeves, binders, uh, decks, cards, singles, whatever they've got it. You can also find everything you need for all of your tabletop games. You can find a good place to go and play. They have rooms that you can rent out for these tabletop game nights. You can go there and you can play your video games. They have TVs all over the place. You can go in and do basically whatever you want within reason. So please go in and check it out. And for those that are wondering, we have our next ETB Battle City Day will be on February the 19th. And the first place prize will be a Starlight Red Eyes Dark Dragoon. So be sure to show up. Yeah, be sure to show up. Check that out. Um, if we have our play mats done and printed and we have them by then, we will be selling some of those play mats in person at the event. So if you want one and you don't want to wait for shipping, show up at the event, come and get it. So with that said, let's go ahead on and get into the, the, uh, let's get on into master duel. Man, that's, it's, it is weird. Uh, partially due to my personal position but like the fact that it is here and actually a thing is is really quite something yeah so let's let's take a quick moment and i just want to kind of describe master duel and what it is to anybody that may not know maybe it's been out for a little while haven't been keeping up with the news we haven't talked about it here in a while so master duel is the new Yu-Gi-Oh trading card game video game it is a free to download game you can find it on currently you can find it on steam only available on windows it is not available on mac through steam you can find it on ps4 ps5 and all of your xbox platforms uh and switch um it is not available on mobile yet although that is coming soon from what we understand um it is less it's not it's not like a dual links 
mobile game. It's not like a Duel Links video game. It is a full-on Yu-Gi-Oh! full simulator. You can get actual games with actual cards and actual decks. Um, and this, we didn't have an exact release date. It literally went available on Steam out of nowhere at like, nowhere. They just dropped it. yeah, literally at like 10 or 11 o'clock in the middle of the week out of nowhere. So, um, it's really interesting that they chose to release it this way. It's not surprising. It's Konami. They like to do things out of nowhere. I mean, oh, that's true. we'd get our ban lists out of nowhere. So, um, a couple of notes, if you're going to jump on into the game, um, there's some good, there's some bad, there's some ugly. So I'll give my good, bad and ugly and I'll try to keep it at like one or two points on each, maybe three and Skyhawk. When I'm done, I'll let you go ahead and give your two or three points on each. Okay. Um, you got it. the, the good, it's a really good game. It is. Um, it's, they've obviously put a lot of thought and care into how they've built the game. Um, unlike Magic the Gathering Arena or the Pokemon trading card game, you can definitely tell that Konami has a background in video game. Uh, I'm not going to say manufacturing, but at, you know, video game design and video game um, building and putting out these games. You know, that that is at their core. You know, Konami is actually... Believe it or not, they're not a trading card game company. They are a video game company. They have been from their, I'm not going to say from their inception, but they have been for many, many, many years, decades. So seeing them put the work and the effort into an actual trading card game simulator for this game, um, it, it worked. It comes, it comes off very well. It's a lot of fun. It's well designed. Um, my second point of the good, there is a crafting system in place. It is honestly very fair. Um, it is free to play, so you can build and build all your decks that you want, but you don't start out with all the games. There is a store, there are packs, you have to open the packs, get the cards. But honestly, you can break down the cards you don't want to get. Basically, if I have three super rares, it doesn't have to be the exact same card, any three super rares, and I'm not using them, I can break them down into dust or whatever we'll call it. And I can craft any super rare in the game. And every card in the game has a set rarity. And so I can go in, let's say I need Ash Blossoms and Ultra Rare. So let's say I open some packs, I pull a couple Ultra Rares, I'm like, ah, these are garbage, I don't need these. I can break them down, dismantle them, and generate one Ash Blossom. So that's good. The crafting system is actually very good. It doesn't seem like a lot. It seems like a lot to trade in three cards for one. But when you're talking about cards that you don't need and realistically you're never going to need, I don't need these super heavy samurai cards. I don't need these, you know, you know, Medolce cards. I'm not Caleb. I don't need Medolce. So I can go in, I can break them down, and I made my Tri-Brigade deck. And I'm clapping, people. So that's good. The ranked ladder is very good. It's very cool. Um, and the last good thing is the solo mode. I think the solo mode is great. I really enjoy that there is a mode that somebody can go into and play on their own. I enjoy getting the lore and the story lining behind these um, behind these different archetypes. And I think that it's a good inclusion and that it's a great introduction and tutorial for people that don't know all the intricacies of the game. Now, the bad. The game feels obviously very incomplete. Um, you can tell that, yes, they put a lot of thought and care into the game and they put a lot of time into it, but 
there's some there's quite a few in in fact i'll say almost anywhere where there's text in the game you can find typos tons of it mm-hmm. feels like it was just google copy translated into english which yep. the majority of it honestly doesn't really make a difference like it's all that's all uh i want to say surface level but there's a word for it it's all um what's something that's only visual and it's not really super important there's a word for that um uh, superficial is not the word uh uh, you know what I'm talking about. There's a word surface, for that. Surface, surface level. Yeah, uh, but then, you know what I mean. It's, I, it's uh, not. I, uh, it's not critical. I, yeah, sadly, I don't have a thesaurus on me. Yeah, so, usually uh, I am yeah. a thesaurus in my head, but not right now. <laughs> yeah. It's late. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of Master Duel. I'm very tired. So <laughs> it's very. It's not very important. It's there's also like some of the duel mates are kind of weird, like a car. A soccer ball, some roller I skates. Think the car, I think the car is funny, uh, but your point is well taken. It does seem strange. <laughs> no, no, no. no. There, some of them are very based, but um, some of them are weird. <laughs> some yeah, random. I agree. So, um, and the last bad that I'll say is that, um, uh, at the end of the day, yes, it is free to play. But there is still a shop. There is still a pack system. It's very easy to microtransaction yourself to death. So be aware of that. And the ugly. Um, so you don't have the full card pool. I said you have the full card pool. You don't. <laughs> I was wrong. Um, I misspoke. So you actually don't have the full card pool. You have everything up to Dawn of Majesty in the OCG. So what this means is you don't have cards like Baron de Fleur, you don't have the B Trooper deck. You don't have any Sword Soul. You don't have any of the Flunderies. You don't have any of that. What you do have is most of your meta staples and hand traps, pretty much all of them. You have um, decks like Tri Brigade, decks like Zodiac. You have decks like Sky Striker, things like that. And you notice when I said up until Dawn of Majesty in the OCG. Yeah, I was going to say that's the point because uh, Bird Call is in the game. Burn to Fleur is not. Yeah, yeah, Bird Call is in the game. The Leerlisk Ensemble Blue Robin is in the game, things like that. So you can make like a full bird up deck. Um, mm-hmm. So, but you notice I said in the OCG, um, the deck is not built for the TCG. I mean, the, the game is not built like for a TCG format. The deck the game is built for OCG format. It's on the OCG ban list. So you have like engage uh, at two skill drain at three VFD no, at one Zeus at one it, Dryden at one bright pairs banned. Like it, it, it's not even just so this isn't really interesting. Uh, it's not just that it's on an OCG ban list. It's on an old OCG ban list and yep. it's not exactly the OCG ban list. Yeah. So uh, as far as like information I have gotten from the denizens of the Necrofusion discord, uh, it seems like this is a lightly altered version of the April 2021 right. OCG ban list. And Correct. the reason we know it's different is because uh, in this game, that grass looks greener is at three. Rapier is a band. Three. Yeah, it, it, it is. It, it, it is a very it's not even like a world's list. 
because if it was a worlds list it would be combined if it was an ocg list it would follow an ocg list if it was a tc something list, in it between a list it's something loosely based on an ocg list but it's not exact it's really weird R- rongo mini adds at one it's weird okay um i don't know i've never seen so many cards at two it's weird vanity's emptiness is at one that is that is an ocg thing uh they love the semi-limited list and most importantly max c is at three so uh Listen, my max C is max rarity in this game. So, you know, yeah, it's beautiful. It's rainbow. It sparkles. It's great. So that's my good, bad, and ugly. Uh, I obviously (laughs) wish it was on the TCG ban list, but honestly, I'm kind of actually really enjoying it being like similar, but a really different format. It's like a peek into a different timeline. Um, So it's weird. It's I'm going to put it in the ugly category, but. Honestly, it's still really fun. Uh, the yeah, diversity that you see is insane. I think you can say that you can say that it is an ugly thing for the game, but it is a fun thing to experience. I don't think that's contradictory. I think that that's exactly how I see it. Yeah, exactly. So uh, throw out your good, bad, and ugly. All right. Okay. So I think uh, the main good that I want to put out there, you you touched on it, but I'll, I'll get a little bit more specific. Uh, the care put into the the mechanics and presentation of the playing of the game is is fantastic i think the thing that a lot of people online have touched on that i fully agree with the one of the big deals uh is uh is the chain animation um sorry i'm just i'm just re-navigating here real quick no you're Um, good that they have made it for such a dense game they have made the spectator experience fantastic. Yeah. And I think you saw that. We saw that in the fact that literally today, uh, MBT just like posted in the, in the, in the mod chat. Um, we, we had 70 K viewers. Yeah. In the master duel category, not, not all of the things master duel on Twitch at, at like at the peak today, like in the morning ish when, when it was going and like coder and farf and 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 mbt had like seven thousand people between them simo got back on twitch yesterday oh no no it wasn't seven thousand between them it was farfa had almost six thousand mbt had almost three the the previous day it was a lot more yeah Uh, okay okay. today today it was like split between the three of them um and even like a whole bunch of small streamers had more views than they usually have yeah um and it's because it's easier to watch. There's good animations. The cards have weight to them when they land on the floor. Yes. The chain animation is like one of the cleanest representations of what a chain is that I have ever seen. Yeah. Um, even like the nitty gritty of effects, the um, the 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 asking permissions for thing, everything you have to confirm a second time, but it doesn't feel overbearing. Uh, you can turn off animations, but the animations even themselves aren't that overbearing. The pendulum one is maybe a bit long, but that's just my personal taste. And you can turn uh, the animations off. Yeah, and, and you've got the option to turn them off. So the care put into the function of like the game itself uh, and, and the options you have surrounding that is remarkable. Because uh, I think that was a thing that I think a lot of people were afraid of. Because Legacy of the Duelist is... Uh, Link Evolution is just a mess. You can't you you can't choose the order of uh of, of cards and chains. Like 
Seagok does not exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But they've they've recreated a lot of those details super painstakingly here. There's a downside to this I'll get into in, in the ugly part. Uh, and that I think is a huge missed opportunity. Yeah. The second thing, I think the shop actually kind of rocks. This might be an un, maybe like on the unpopular side of takes. I think the secret pack system is really cool. I think it is. I, I'm not. I won't argue that it, the secret pack systems. Are, so for those that don't know, the way it works is you have a master pack, which is just always available. It has like almost seven thousand total cards in it. Basically every card. Yeah, yeah. And then you have like a legacy pack that'll be available for like seventy days or something. And then you have like a stalwarts pack or whatever, which is available for like seventy days. But outside of those three packs, you have like when you open master packs if you open a super rare of or higher of a certain archetype it lets you unlock a secret pack and that secret pack is mostly cards of that archetype or like a similar archetype or like supporting strategy right yeah so, so uh i was uh, genuinely terrified of how they would handle the monetization system with this many cards i was like oh my god if you have to make us if you're going to make players open just ridiculous packs that you put together with a whole bunch of cards. People, are, if the crafting system isn't good, people are going to have trouble. Yeah, the I secret agree. pack system has its like issues, but the fact that uh, you can unlock it by randomly pulling cards, or you can even even though they only last for twenty four hours, you can access them again at any time by crafting any SR or higher card in the archetype. Right. Whenever so... you want to like go get it, you can just craft the card. And the pack will be open in the shop for 24 hours. So there's there's a pack. It's <laughs> hilariously. It's called Echo Chamber Nation, which I love. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the if you, so good. yeah, the, the names are great. Good. If you want to get that, which has Dogmatica, Tri Brigade, and Spriggans in that one pack, it's only like a 50 or 60 yeah, card pack. So your chances like of pulling are high. Yeah. Um, if you want to open that pack to pull these, you know, these meta high high level meta cards. All you've got to do is you can go into the crafting, craft a super rare um, Tri Brigade Fergie, and it'll unlock that pack for 24 hours. Yeah. So, And that sounds like, well, I'm using a lot of my resources. I'm just going to say it costs 30 dust to, it costs like 30 points to craft a car, any particular card. Right now, I've got probably 500 plus normal points. I've got probably six to 700 rare points. I've got probably three to four hundred super rare points. I have no ultra points, none. Ultra points go okay. as cut; they go as come as, as quick as they get there. But yeah, that's a yeah. But I mean, yeah, I was, you know, that's it's it'll be be like that. Yeah, I, I that's that's coming up in my bad is 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 some tweaking stuff there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the 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 other cool design thing is that when you pull from from these packs, right? Uh, also, like the fact that if you craft to open a pack, you get like a free pull from them, which I think is just a nice touch. Yeah, it's like a hey, you you put resources to open this pack up, we'll we'll, we'll toss you a bone, you'll get a free one just for fun. Or uh, if you open, you can buy packs in one or ten, which I think sucks. I think they should have done a five, but whatever. If you buy yeah. ten of a pack for a thousand gems, which the gems come very easily, you get gems very easily through playing online or through playing the solo mode. Um. If you do get these gems and you buy 10 of a pack, you're guaranteed a super rare at least. Most of the time you pull at least one ultra. I've pulled up to four and five ultras from 10 yeah, packs. You, uh, you, you can get pretty lucky. There's It, it, it seems Bear. for now, the opening is pretty generous. Yeah. Uh, but but cool, if you, you well, I, I didn't get to the best part. If you don't pull an ultra from those 10 packs, if you only pull super rares or lower, 
then the next time you buy 10 packs, you are guaranteed an ultra. So it's like, yeah, yeah, it's, if you buy 10, you're guaranteed a super. If you buy 20, you're guaranteed an ultra. Yeah, that system is uh, not so familiar to people who play Duel Links because they're... The, <laughs> my apologies to you guys. But the that's a pretty common thing in, in a lot of other gacha games. Yeah. Uh, like the the bad luck protection. Like the, ah, well, your, your rolls were really, really crappy. So if you, if you get to this next roll, you're going to... You will get something that's pretty solid. Yeah, you know what? I'll take that, though. <laughs> yeah. I think the other cool design piece, though, with, with the secret packs is that when you pull from them, it, it's, uh, I think it's eight card packs for, for those. Um, four of the cards are from that secret pack, guaranteed to be from the list of... And most of the secret packs are pretty small. They're like 30, 35 cards, maybe 40 if you push it. Oh, okay. Um, I thought, I thought so they were like, like 50, but yeah, that's fine. It's, a, it's, a, it's like, like 30 to 50, depending on the, on the thing. It's like pretty small pool yeah um the other four are just the master pack oh really from the whole yeah so the other four cards aren't in that list they're pulled from the whole card pool i didn't know that yeah so it's it's cool because it gives you a chance to like pull generics or open other secret packs and stuff but it's still like a substantial like guaranteed amount from the individual pack i think there could be tweaking done but i think that's a really really interesting design choice uh, and i have really enjoyed it I think five three would maybe be a little better. I'd rather I'd rather get more cards from the pack that I'm specifically yeah. trying to get cards from. Oh yeah, that I, that maybe yeah. Like I said, like could be tweaking, but I like the concept of you can still get generics even though because the thing is right if you're going into those packs, a, a lot of the stuff at rare or or lower is filler, right? Um, so the fact that you can still get generics of a high rarity too, uh, or just generics in general to like snag stuff that you might like, uh, I think is really sick. So yeah, yeah. so that 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 wraps up my good for the bad. The the ranking system is silly. Uh, I was really hoping that they would do something that wasn't dual links, and it's it's a, it's improved a little bit, but it's still dual links. Uh, I suspect at some point in the future it's going to change. Obviously, uh, like you said, there's a lot of clearly unfinished things here, and we still don't know details of other things, but. The fact that the rated system is essentially just the same old dual links thing is frustrating. I was hoping for something more specific. Like the idea was like uh, try to rank high and be number one, but that, that that's useless when there are no numbers. It's useless when there's no list. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I, I dislike, I, I like the tier system. I like that matchmaking point, but without other things, it there's very little incentive. It doesn't do very much. Um, uh, and the other, you touched on it. Uh, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll second your, uh, anything that's not like a story event is clearly just Google translate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't, um, it, it's not like it's very difficult either. Um, that's, that's mostly it for the bad, but the ugly things are a lot more, um, design problems. So, so firstly for ugly, uh, clearly they're going to make their money on people wanting UR cards. Yeah. You can, if you even just use all your gems totally randomly, you just open random garbage with no plan whatsoever, you can probably make any SR or lower card you want. No trouble. Uh, probably for the whole lifespan of the game. Yeah. But a lot of staple cards are at UR, a lot of key archetypal cards are at UR, and importantly, later on in the game, when you are switching your deck, 
if you decide to like decraft something to go build something else you are is the thing that you're going to have less of in your lists that aren't staples and it's going to be harder to get new staples i see where you're uh, coming from i will counterpoint that by saying a lot of the cost of this and not necessarily like like actual real world monetary cost if you don't want it to be but like a lot yeah. of the gem cost is getting your staples up front getting your maxis getting your ash blossoms getting your lightning storms and there are there are packages and deals that you can get when you first play the game to where you can get like a guaranteed ash blossom and a guaranteed lightning storm those are pretty cool I'm yeah that. but a lot of I think once you get your strikes, your judgments, your lightning storms, your dark rulers, your nibs, your ashes, your veilers, you know, once you get all of that knocked out out of the way, you only need three copies. You can put three copies in all 20 of your decks and they all come from one card pool. It's not like you have to take them out of one deck to put them in the other. Once you've got them, you've got them forever. You don't have to worry about getting them in the future. So really, when you think about it, yes, initially it's very top heavy, but once you get the ones you need, then realistically, when new things come out, okay, well, I only need one or two ultras, and I've got a bunch of ultra points saved up because I've already got all my stables. So it's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, long-term, no, it feels like it could actually be pretty sustainable. I'm with you there. Uh, I, I So I'm with you in the current moment. I disagree with you about the long-term. Uh, I think there is potential for uh, a big long-term issue uh, from a money perspective with how the UR system is set up. Obviously, there's lots of time for tweaks, but I think it's pretty clear that's where they're going to try to get the whalers. But we'll see. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah, it makes sense that to... they make the best cards ultras. But yeah, when you know only need two or three, when you only need two or three, like not even two or three sets, but like, like I know in the Tri Brigade deck, there's no main deck cards above rare. So it's like, okay, well I need two sure eggs. That's ultras, and that's it. That's all I need. You know, so if you only need two, three, maybe four max ultras per deck, then you know. Two or three is easy, especially when you don't have to pull them. You can craft them. But so, but in the future, when you switch decks, when you, when you break down those ultras, if you only need four for that one deck, that's only getting you one and a third, uh, and you're never like you're almost never going to be breaking down your staple cards. So yeah, that's, but I that's mean, if you're, I see, if you're playing ladder and you're playing rank, then theoretically, especially the if you have the too. especially if you have the gold pass, which doesn't cost real money, it costs gems. So if you get the gold pass, I mean, the gold pass gives you enough gems to where you can just buy packs in perpetuity, you know, especially if they keep expanding on the solo mode and keep building on that. You shouldn't there really shouldn't be an issue getting ultras you don't need because you should always have gems for more packs. Yeah, you know what I mean? I think we, we can put a pin in this. I think, <laughs> I think there's more to think about here. I, I'm perfectly willing to say I might be wrong in the future, but I don't think I am. There's still an edge here. I, I I can't help but get the feeling that there's a catch. Yeah, so I mean, I'm, at the end of the day, there will always be I'm a gotcha aspect, in, you know? Yeah, I'm keeping that in my brain. Uh, anyway, That's fair. Uh, so two other things in the ugly, one brief thing and one bigger thing. Uh, why is the card pool not updated to the current TCG? That doesn't make any sense to me. I think... Uh, I. I think that there is a reason here, but I'll let you finish your thought. There's, there's, uh, yeah, I was going to say that's where I was going. I think the reason might be that they'll line it up with the ban list. That's why I dropped the Fibro first thing. I, I cannot for the light, and it could be like a we'll, we'll release the stuff now, build hype for it, and 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 line things up. I, I don't understand why they would put it out before that was ready. I don't understand why they would put it out in a list that doesn't make any sense. Uh, it's not even like it's not a direct list 
from the OCG. It's it's got changes. It's fun to mess with. It's not going to be good for like having a competitive game. I, so if the intent is to have a competitive game, I, I don't understand why. Uh, so that's like maybe that's a side thing, maybe uh, for another time. But my biggest gripe, uh, and I think this is going to absolutely bite it in the butt later down the road when they try to keep the momentum going, the massive momentum that it has right now. It does not have an in-depth tutorial. Uh, and and this is the thing that I, I, I probably hoped for the most as someone who uh, spent a lot of time judging local tournaments and someone who has been trying to like get people playing more off, off meta decks to, to enter the meta game. Not having an in-depth tutorial is just a ridiculous oversight. Uh, they they teach they barely teach you how to do the summoning mechanics. The solo mode like gives you little bits and pieces and ins and outs of decks, but like, where's the breakdown of the phases? Where's the like breakdown of the damage step? Where's the breakdown of problem solving card text? If if this is meant to be something where people go and climb ladders, where is the information that will help them to do that? I don't understand how they can make a simulator with this much care and this much detail into the function of the game and explain none of it to the new people who want to play it uh, i said that it was a good spectator experience and it absolutely is and it helps you understand like the general sense of what's happening on screen but there are none of the details uh you nowhere in the game can you find anywhere that will break down individual rules pieces that you need to know uh i think it is going if they don't have that at some point in the future I think it is going to mean that a lot of new people won't enter. Uh, and I think a lot of the new people who do enter at this point will get frustrated and not understand a lot of stuff that doesn't like work the way they think it's supposed to. So this is, I think, I think they have actually done a lot more right. I have to give Konami credit for this. Uh, aside from the Google Translate stuff and a couple incomplete things, it is an incredible simulator and the gotcha system is way fairer than I think anybody expected. Right. The fact that there's no tutorial is completely insane to me. I don't get it. That's my big ugly. That's my big ugly. That's understandable. It really is. But I think that two of your uglies can be really, in my opinion. um, They could be fixed. Well, not only can they be be fixed, fixed. I think that there's a really reasonable explanation that explains both of them. And I don't work for Konami. I don't know that this is the reason behind them. But I think there's one reasonable explanation for both. I think that they pushed the game kind of early to give us what we wanted. And if you look at the card pool versus the announcement date of the game, the card pool is almost exactly what it was in the OCG at the time of the announcement of this game. So mm, that's true. if you look at it, I think that maybe they started in design, started in alpha and beta testing with the um, like, I, I know the life cycle of a game. I've worked in game design before. Mm. If you look at it, Most of what they probably wanted to do was, hey, we can design this game, get it off the ground, and get everything going in eight months to a year, right? Which is what they did. I mean, if you look at it, the game's production cycle probably started around April or May of last year. They announced it around, you know, June or July. We it releases in January. That's a really good production timeline. Like, I understand that this game has a lot of places where it feels incomplete, but realistically, that's fine. It's an online game. You know, you can push patches and you can push updates that'll iron out a lot of those kinks. So I think that when you're looking at a really 
fast production cycle on something of this size, this magnitude, and honestly, this quality, because this is not just like, this is not just menus and submenus. There's a lot of art that went into this. There's a lot of care that went into this. So I think that when you look at the care and design that went into this game, that the card pool is probably the way it is because they're planning on doing a giant card pool update uh, and maybe in the coming month or so. Uh, maybe February 1st, like you said, they do one giant update that just kind of... Because uh, usually by the time a game releases, they've, they're have they already... They were working on the, the first major update of this game three weeks to a month ago. So they know what's coming. They know what their first... They, they know what all the major flaws of this game are. They're already working to iron out those bugs to fix the issues that are in the game. And I think that we could see a huge card pool update come in the coming month. And I think that in a very soon coming update, there could also be an extremely in-depth tutorial. So I used to work on the map. That would be if they if 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 they if they add that to like I, I will forgive all I will I can forgive basically everything else. If, if right. they if they like if with with like the next update and like with if maybe if they update with like a different like ranked laddering system and and with like more events if they have like an in-depth tutorial to go along with that that to me would be the perfect rollout so they, they all right the ball's in your court now konami uh, well <laughs> here's what i'll we say did. when when you have a game like this that already has an incredibly dedicated following and an incredibly dedicated player base for example i worked on i'll just say a american football game Right. That's that's the game that I worked on by an extremely major company. I won't say the name. Everybody should know it if you don't Google it Um, because I did sign an NDA. So Mm -hmm. if when when that game was in design, the thing that got the least attention and the least care in the early development cycle was always the tutorial, because when you look at the people that are going to be promoting this game, the creators, the Twitch streamers, the YouTubers that are going to be promoting this game, how many of them have you looked at their videos and their reviews and said, and they go, there's no tutorial, none, zero, because they're all saying, hey, this game's great. They, they're worried about the gameplay. They're worried about the, the shop system, the crafting system. They're worried about all these other features and a tutorial doesn't even occur to them. So what they do is they put it out there early with as much of the gameplay fine-tuned as they can that way these creators and these major players and these well-known people can go in play it and get a feel for it and say hey it's really great that way they can add in the tutorial which the tutorial was always in the original in the original game when i played it because or in the original game of the game that i was working on because they have that game goes out on a disc they have to have something there but here, they can wait a week or two, push a patch that's got all of the major updates on it. So it might not ship at with all these features, but they're going to patch it in. You know, there's no world that they don't patch in tons and tons of extremely major updates very soon. And especially, like I said, with a short development cycle that this game had. I could see it coming within the next two to three weeks easily. In fact, usually I know for Madden, it was oh, there you go. I said it. Dang it. <laughs> it was. Uh, well, it will bleep that out. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get, get Caleb to. Uh, yeah. Just uh, work his magic. Big, long, uh, 
Yuki. Yeah. When I was working on that game, they had what they called a day zero patch. So the game, you loaded the game into your console before you could play online, because that means you have an online connection. You have to download the day zero patch. And that fixed more issues in the game than a lot of times they fixed in the pre-development cycle. So it's really interesting to see where they're going to go and how long it's going to take for the first major patch to release. I think it, I think you'll see a major patch in the next two to three days, honestly. I agree with you. I have less faith about a tutorial. Uh, this is Konami we're talking about. But I, I totally agree that the next big thing is probably coming. They wouldn't release it in the state of limbo if, if that wasn't yeah. the thing that was going to happen. Yeah, I agree. So I think I think that will coincide with the release of the ban list. Is is my like setup? I think they'll they'll just do the big drop uh, all at once. So I think we'll probably have to wait a little bit longer for the for the TCG list. Yeah, uh, I will say uh, just as a final note, one one little mini detail I want to drop into the the end of the podcast here is uh, there was a survey that they put up that they had people take, and it was a very interesting question on that survey, or rather, a very interesting response. So they asked, "What would you like to see?" Yep. Uh, in in future master duel uh, events i just said all of it i want to say all of it yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah but but one of those responses was um tournaments with uh custom rules or custom ban lists yep yep i think they're gonna do time wizard format here and these I, other I, formats that is exactly what i think it is i think there's gonna be rotating alternate formats based on different periods in history and if they do that this thing takes off over it the top takes off yeah into the stratosphere because even if the modern game is too frustrating for people all of the old heads will come back and that's a place for new people to enter and yeah and to not feel so overwhelmed uh it, it is a absolute win-win uh so it, i i really hope that that being there means that they have some infrastructure plan for it or at least they're going to do it um I, man if they if they put like time and just imagine how many people would enter a goat event. Oh yeah, held on Master Duel. I agree. Um, not, not, yeah, <laughs> not to cut you off, but there's two last closing points that I want to touch on. Yes. One, I have one more ugly that I forgot, which is all the games are best of one, which is kind of gross. Oh, but like, yeah, I kind yeah. of understand for time purposes, you want to make it visually appealing. You want to make this hold an yeah. audience. So like, I kind of get it, but they're. We do know based because there were some YouTubers who uh, had access to stuff. Uh, we do know that there is a capability for three game matches in the game. So yeah, it's in the coding, but it's not implemented. Yeah. It's it's a patch. And it's a future patch. Slightly better than Duel Links because you, if you win the coin toss, you do get to choose a ghost first or second instead of yeah, being yeah. random. Um, the last thing I'll say, do you think that this is a potential? I, it's a question I have to ask. It's everywhere, all over Twitter, all over Reddit. It, it's everywhere. Do you think that this is a, a potential move with the way that they implemented the ban list in this game to merge the TCG and OCG formats? Hmm. I, hmm. <laughs> I doubt it, but I could uh, see it. I think now, I think uh, if they're going to do it, this is the perfect time to do it. But I don't, I don't think they will. Uh, I, I hmm. uh, it is a public post. I don't know how much I can say. Uh, I, I think it is likely. Uh, I think the i th i think the goal the eventual goal of master duel will be the to be the thing that merges the formats interesting but i don't think it will happen for quite a while i think it will take it will take time and I, importantly i don't think they'll do it before the physical game catches up i think it has to be in tandem yes yeah. 
I, I don't think they're putting the physical game at risk by, by releasing this and by having it be a big thing. I, I think it's actually a benefit. I think they do put the physical game at risk if they merge the formats in, uh, in digitally, but they don't merge the formats in paper. I think that puts the paper game in, in a very, very difficult place because it, it, then it's just, it's straight up. It's not as advanced. It's not its own ecosystem anymore. If you want to play the up-to-date game, you go to Master Duel and not to your local card shop. So uh, I think it will happen eventually, but I don't think it will happen in like the immediate future. Okay. So we're going to close this with the podcast question of the day. We're way over on time. So the the last podcast question of the day was, what is your funniest Yu-Gi-Oh moment? We had some great replies on Twitter. I actually laughed kind of hard at some of these. Um, I summoned Dragoon using the Despia field spell because I had both red eyes and DM in hand. Genius. That's rough, buddy. Um, watching my one friend at a regional try to stall out his opponent with Mystic Mine in his train deck. After about 27 turns passed back and forth, the opponent finds a way to out the Mystic Mine, and then he just drops Chaos Emperor Dragon and hits for like 4,500 damage and wins. That's funny. Gamma Sealed an opponent's Dragoon, asked to read, found out that he doesn't need to be Fusion Summoned, and then Monster Reborn it for the win. I mean, that's, that's, that's a win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one's great. This one made me laugh a lot. I did a mirror match purposefully mispronouncing all of the monster names. My opponent starts his turn and begins to mispronounce the names himself. He was so embarrassed that he immediately ended his turn. <laughs> that's, uh, man, that's pretty good. I'm, I'm a fan of that. I'm going to start calling it Moo Ye and see what, the, see what happens. <laughs> Moo Ye. Yeah. Moo Yeet. All right. <laughs> Sometimes I choose the flashy route over the simple and try to style my opponent with loops and make a misplay somewhere and end up realizing it without realizing it and end up not being able to summon the big monster I was aiming to summon. It do be like that. Mm-hmm. Um, watch the guy. Quasar is in your extra deck, but if you can't get there, you can't get there. All right. Watch the guy do a 15 minute Ojama Arm Dragon VWXYZ combo, combo and end on Arm Dragon Catapult Cannon. I didn't even know that card existed and I could literally do nothing. True. Mm hmm. Um, played appliancers for my locals and won my first game of a match with magic cylinder twice. Then my second game of that match, he MSTs my waking the dragon and I summon last warrior and win. That is what waking the dragon does. Yep. That's war crimes. My man, this man's these, these people are playing MST and magic cylinder. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Um, doing sealed only with a friend and I tribute summon Nibiru. (laughs) It's pretty good. Um, Playing a Blackwing Mirror match in 2017 at a regional. <laughs> that's that's good stuff. Um, one recently, which I got on video and happened twice in one night. With DPE running around, I've started to decide Nail Shadal Aerial to trigger its Banish 3 when it is discarding after sending El Shadal App Clone to the grave off punishment. Well, surprisingly, I've drawn it a couple of times in my hand despite it being a one-of, as, as happens. In both of these games with different players, I set the aerial because my deck doesn't really have a way to normal summon set, hoping it would just save me a turn. Both my opponents decided to pop the set with DPE, resulting in that huge banish effect hitting their DPE, Celestial, and whatever else I wanted. Pog. Having a chill day at Locals, I took a non-competitive Exodia Numeron deck to Locals. It was really funny to see everybody realize what I was playing, had a good duel with a friend. We got very animated and have a good laugh with when I got rolled with B-Trooper. When when people bring that stuff like stuff like that, and they're they're clearly just doing it to have a fun time instead of like the person who brings Mystic Mind Burn because they hate everybody. That's the best when it's yeah. people showing up and they're like, 
I'm, I'm playing Numer on Exodia today. I, I, I just want to get Exodia. Like, yeah, p- people doing that kind of thing. Hats off. It's, it is always a blast. Yeah. Um, using secure garden of beats to beat a B trooper player over four turns in a simplified game state. <laughs> Sag. Oh, Last weekend, I played a 3v3, and my team ran into a team of Mystic Mind players. Two burn, one striker. My game is in game three. We grind out. I'm, I'm at 3,000 life points. He's close. He's at close to 1,500. Uh, turn before I chalice his Inspector Border to make a small a small Sword Soul board. I top-decked Io. He set Fossil Dyna, and then I sent it, and then sent it back to me. I go to hit under Io. Fossil Dyna effect cleared my board, and I couldn't find a monster to win the game. That's that's sadness. Uh, man, the the true disciples of Jeff Leonard are simply too powerful. I don't want to talk about that, man. I lost. <laughs> I lost at a case tournament to Mystic Mine. Sure. Say, uh, mine is uh, my my funniest Yu-Gi-Oh moment is very short and sweet. YCS Niagara twenty nineteen round four. I am playing uh, Blind Seconds Dinosaur, uh, and my opponent is playing Salmon Great. We get into game three. Uh, and uh, I, I double red rebooted this man for game. Oof. Uh, he had uh, Rage and Roar set, and I, I, I uh, normal summon over after. Uh, he flips up the the Rage. I I red reboot, flips up the counter trap, and I activate the second red reboot, and he picked up his cards and left. <laughs> my my quick one, real, just real quick, is um, I was... At a case tournament around November, I'm playing Zodiac Tri-Brigade. This is post-ban list, so Dryden's gone. Um, and this is technically, this is the case tournament for the pre-release of Burst of Destiny. So, like, technically the Burst of Destiny decks are, like, there, but nobody's playing them because they don't have the cards yet. So, exactly. basically, it's the previous format. Well, I lose round two, and that causes all of my tiebreakers to be worse, which results in me forcing me to win out to top. I, I do. I get all the way to the last round of Swiss, round six, I believe. And I'm playing against Dylan from Team Dark Arm Dealings. He's, a, you know, the channel we promote at the end. He's a teammate. We rode together to the event. And at this point, he is 401 and I am 41. So he can lose and still top, but I have to win to get in. So we go, we play. He beats me game one. I put my hood up on my hoodie and I focused <laughs> and I ended up beating him games two and three. And I secured my first like case tournament top, whatever. It was great. And then at the end of Swiss, we looked at pairing and we looked at standings. I'm four. He's five. We cut to top eight. We end up pl- having to play a second game in a row in top eight, which I got a game loss from a judge for something stupid. That was my own fault talked about that in a previous episode so if you go back and listen to that episode if you want to know about it but he beats me 1-0 in that and there we go i'm out but it was really funny to end up beating him and then he beats me immediately the next round in top cut which is very funny that's so all right that's it that's all i've got all we have left is the podcast question today which is what is your pre-game ritual like what's what's that thing that you do before you go into an event, you know, do you listen to a certain song? Do you go outside and talk with your friends? What, what's do you eat a certain meal? What, what's your pregame ritual before a tournament, before an event, before you do anything related to the game? Uh, I have a little wristband that I wear that I try to wear at all my major tournaments. I don't know why, but like if I'm starting to get stressed out, starting to get 
freaked out, starting to get anxiety. I look down, I hold the wristband, I look at it, I flick it for a little bit, and I just kind of, it calms me down. I don't know why, so. Uh, I stare at the uh, the heart and soul of uh, three copies of Dual Terminal Foil and Jurak Guaiba uh, and ask myself what I have to do to uh, join the halls of the Lost World. <laughs> you just, you just... You just hop in the time machine, go back to the lost world, sit there exactly. for a couple of hours, hop in the time machine, yeah. go back and play your tournament. I, I chase around some megalo smashers in, in the in the pond for a little while, and then I'm ready to go. Yeah. You break out your Minecraft fishing rod, get some megalo smashers, and roll. Exactly. All right. Well, that's it. That's it. That's the episode, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We know it was a long one, but we hope that you enjoyed. Please be sure to, if you're on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple iTunes, be sure to subscribe there. If you're on YouTube, subscribe there. Leave comments, leave likes, obviously, all of those wonderful things. If you are on Apple iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We do le- we do read them out on the podcast. We haven't had any in a while, though. I don't know why. I don't know where that's coming from, but, you know, we're looking. Where are y'all at? So... Be sure to check out our Patreon, our Discord, our Twitter at Top Cut Podcast. Be sure to check out ETB Games. Their link is in the description down below. Check out Team Dark Arm Dealings. They are our sister channel from our locals. And Giant Skyhawk, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, actually, uh, just as I guess I'm place to put it, uh, I'm going to be away for a little while. Uh, got some stuff to handle in person, and, and I need to reevaluate how I'm doing things. But uh, for those who are looking to learn Fluffle, especially because it's a very cheap deck to build in Master Duel, um, I've got a big tutorial on my channel. You can find me at Giant Skyhawk. Uh, that resource should be good. Uh, there's a link to a Discord server, the Necrofusion Enthusiasts. Uh, I am still active on Discord, so if you have individual questions, uh, feel free to message me and I'll be able to help you out. But I'm going to be in retirement for a little while uh, from the game until I'm uh, back and ready. I hope to be back eventually. But uh, I'm still active on Discord. I'll still be around in the Top Cut uh, podcast Discord. I'll still be looking and firing messages at. So if you've got anything you want to send me or any questions while I'm still around, uh, fire me that. I'll be taking a bit of a backseat, but Sonny and Caleb are uh, two of the best guys in the scene. And Thank uh, you. There's there's a lot, especially with Master Duel. Uh, you're going to want to keep an eye on the podcast because Sonny is going to get addicted real fast and you're going to get all the up-to-date stuff. So. I'm already addicted. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me, everybody. It's been fun. Yep, and if you do want to play Master Duel and talk with us about it, you can find us in the Discord server. We have a channel for Master Duel. You can add us as friends, follow us, whatever you want to do, and you can chat with us there. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. Until next time, have a good day. See ya. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.